Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Joining me here this week is Daily News prep writer Tarek Fatal. And Tarek, you have the distinguished honor of being my first repeat guest on the podcast, man. How's that feel? Oh, that feels great. Thank you. Nothing like, no other better way to uh, ring in the new year than being a repeat customer, repeat interviewer. Thank you so much. There is no award for this. There's no trophy. There's there's no nothing. It's just the satisfaction of knowing you and I have talked twice. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? That's good enough for me. Fantastic. Hey, okay, you've been out covering a lot of basketball, and that's the topic this week for us is, uh, you know, high school basketball is in full swing. Uh, a lot of huge tournaments have been going on, and teams are getting ready for their league season, which starts probably in a week, week and a half, two weeks. But you've been out at a lot of tournaments, most notably the Damien Classic, which is still going on. In in all of your travels, seeing all of these teams, these great teams, great players, really who has surprised you the most uh, in a good way and in, in a bad way where you thought, wow, I thought they'd be better than they were. And maybe they've still got a little bit of work to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no doubt the surprise team for me has been Santa Clarita Christian. Um, we knew they were talented, but they've got a new guard named Ty Harper from Arizona, and they've got a wing named Josh Agaro, who is about 6'4". He's only a junior. He is extremely athletic. Both him and Ty Harper are very athletic, but uh, Ty Harper is this kind of just really just like a bulldog. I mean, he is an absolute gamer. They played Sierra Canyon at CSUN and he had like 27 points. I think he had like 18 or 19 in the first half, um, hitting deep threes. He had Sierra Clear Christian up at the, uh, after the first quarter uh, against Sierra Canyon. So he, he's been a surprise player in our area. And then, yeah, Josh Agaro, they have a kid named Caden Starr. His dad is the head coach at Masters University. Caleb Lowry's their center. And then today, actually, as we speak, all those transfers all over CIF Southern Section and the city section are now eligible. So they have a couple other players coming. They're a Division II AA team, but they have knocked off some great – they beat Rancho Christian. Uh, they've beaten Heritage Christian. They've beaten some – they beat uh, – I think their only three losses are to Sheldon of Sacramento up north. Uh, Sierra Canyon and Harvard Westlake, uh, and all three of those teams will be open division teams. So that's the surprise for me. Uh, again, knew they were talented, but could they put it all together so quickly? The answer is yes. Uh, and then in regards to a team that I feel might be a little underperforming, might actually be, I uh, mean, I'd have to think about it a little more, but it might be a Taft High School. Um, actually the other day, Derek Taylor, longtime great coach in the city section, he texted me and said, you know, they had just lost to Palisades and he jokingly, and I think a little more dramatically said, we're not even an open division team. We'll be a city section division one team. And, and, you know, of course I, you know, I, he, he's not, they're going to be an open division team, but they've got some losses, um, that I think are a little, alarming like okay are, are where, where are we at you know when are you guys gonna mesh when it's and there's still so much season left but uh that would be another one is taft high school 
who I think just needs a little more time, and they'll be just fine. And even though the the West Valley League with Birmingham and Granada Hills, who both also played Sierra Canyon, you know that that's a tough league. Somebody's who do you think might come out of there right now? Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham is by far the open division favorite right now over Fairfax, Westchester. Um, you know, I, I think they're the favorite to win the West Valley League again. They played Sierra Canyon. They were down twenty-one-seven at the Classic in Laverne and we thought okay this game's over and they absolutely battled back and they were down three at halftime or something they even tied it at some point in the second quarter um they just aren't scared they're one through seven extremely solid and yeah so Birmingham I think is going to be the West Valley champ although Taft will be good El Camino Real will also be good those are three open division potential teams Granada will be a division one city section team I, the big tournaments, obviously the Damien tournament. Uh, who have you seen that we really may not have heard of as far as one of those top teams, the Sierra Canyons, the Harvard Westlakes, the Heritage Christians? Who has made a statement in, in that tournament specifically? Yeah, I think if you really look at it, I think Rancho Christian is a kind of a one that stands out at Wanda. These are some other, you know, out of area for me teams that I've watched now live in person. And I think, okay, yeah, man, these guys have a chance. And tonight, um, Sierra Canyon plays Rancho Christian in the platinum division final. That'll be at eight 30. So, uh, bring your pillow. Cause you'll probably want to get to sleep right after it'll be so late. But, uh, that's, a, th- there are these teams, Tony, where people think, okay, who can knock off Sierra Canyon? Who can give them a great game? And we've seen Birmingham do it, and then Sierra Canyon beat them by 19. Last, a uh, couple nights ago, we saw Etta Wander really take them to the, to the end, and then Sierra Canyon, I think, won by like six or seven, maybe eight points at the end. So it's really about which team can sustain, which team can stay with Sierra Canyon for four quarters. And the absolutely sad part about the whole thing, I don't know if it's sad, that's a wrong word, but the, the more challenging thing about the whole uh, Sierra Canyon, if someone can knock them off, is they get Zaire Williams back today, and he's basically their best player, and he hasn't played at all this year, and Sierra Canyon's 13-0. So I know you that didn't really answer your question, but I can't overstate how good Sierra Canyon is, and I think at this point there are no surprises until someone can beat Sierra Canyon. And how good are they? When, when you look at the, the incredible amount of talent that they have, how does a coach, and, and you've seen them play, I, I have not, are there enough basketballs out there for, that, for all those kids to, to get their points, or are they doing a good job sharing the ball and, and getting everybody involved? Well, Andre Chevalier, the coach, um, he, I think he does a great job of – they went on a chip trip to China uh, in the offseason. I think they do like a trip down to San Diego. I think they, they do these, these bonding trips, and they sound a little cliche, honestly. But for a team like Sierra Canyon that has so many egos, so much talent, that bonding's really important because that's when you will get those really high-level players to sacrifice. You'll get them to – um, defer sometimes. And that's really, really hard for anybody to do business, sport, whatever the case may be. And if you can get them all to buy into one common goal, you will get uh, a BJ Boston going to Kentucky or a Taryn Frank going to TCU or even an Amari Bailey, who's one of the top sophomores in the country. Um, you know, you'll get a guy that's willing to facilitate and doesn't think that he has to do it all himself. 
And I think those trips, those opportunities to bond is really what makes the team really good because you could get kind of like an, an implosion that um, will end up being the demise of the team. And we have not seen that yet under Coach Chevalier. I mean, they've won two Open Division state championships in a row, and they're going for their third. And you know, Tony, I mean, Cassius Stanley, KJ uh, Martin, and Scotty Pippen Jr., you know, really good players all made it work. Why? Because Andre Chevalier just gets them all to understand, hey, this is what it takes. And they're all mature enough to do it. And when you get there, it's it's kind of one of those things where, and no matter what the sport, the culture is already there. The expectation is there. So you're not going to be somebody that comes in and says, oh, I'm going to do things this way and I'm going to get mine because it seems like he's already set that and said, this is the way we're going to do things. And if you don't want to do it, well, hey, you don't have to play here, but boy, everybody wants to play there. No doubt. I, you hit it on the head. I think that that culture has been established. So, you know, Sierra Canyon is known for getting the transfers and so on and so forth. But just like anything else, man, I think to a certain extent, if, if you're a football player, you know, you want to go to Alabama or Clemson, you know, things like that. And, you know, that's kind of a loose way to t- put it, but you understand what I'm saying. And I think that's the case for Sierra Canyon, whether it be um, an athlete that's already in school and thinks to themselves, man, I, I, I want to transfer. I, I think Sierra Canyon's one of my targets. Um, and so, or an eighth grader that wants to come in, I, I want to be a freshman and I'm going to go to Sierra Canyon. I, I don't think that's some far-fetched crazy thing because they win. And they, they have a consistent uh, track record for pumping out high-level, high-division one players. And not to mention, they play a national schedule. So a kid that might not be able to be seen otherwise may get a couple more looks just for simply playing in front of uh, other coaches and so on and so forth. So the exposure aspect really helps um, to get those get big players. And lastly, like, you know, just to revert back to what you said, that culture, any new kid that comes in isn't thinking, okay, yeah, this is my program now. No, they have to pretty much fall in line and understand that when they put that jersey on, every team gets their best shot. There's no team that um, think every team, like I said, is getting is giving them their best shot. Uh, and the teams that aren't scared, like a Birmingham can or like an Etiwanda mm-hmm. the other night, can give Sierra Canyon a little bit of a, of a scare. And um, it, it, players that come in and think that they can do it all themselves, again, that's what will lead to a loss. And we have not seen that yet. Sierra Canyon's 13-0. Is it one of those things where those teams like Birmingham or Etiwanda come in and say, hey, we have absolutely nothing to lose. We're, we're, they're the best team. They're supposed to beat us. So let's just go out and play with some kind of, not reckless abandon, but a a freedom and see, hey, what happens? And then maybe when you look back at the film in the future, if you get them in the open division, then you can look at some adjustments you need to make. Yeah, you can tweak. There's no doubt. Your own your own film is always better than watching someone else play against that team. Um, but there's no doubt. There's a little bit of a nothing to lose aspect. But I think what Sierra Canyon's starting to see, and that might be something I write about here coming up in January, is everywhere they go, Yes, everyone's there to watch them and see Bronny James and so on and kind of the spectacle of that. But when Sierra Canyon builds a 15-point lead or a 10-point lead, or even if it's a narrow game, that crowd suddenly turns into the opponent's... um, They become a fan of the opponent. They want to see Sierra Canyon lose because we have a nature, especially here in America, to root for the underdog. And so, yes, BJ Boston dunk, Shy Odom dunk... uh, you know, Harold, uh, Harold, you seven foot three block off the backboard. You know, everyone goes nuts. 
But then when there's a 6-0 run by Etiwanda or a 8-0 run by Birmingham, the place starts buzzing because it's like, you know, we see this rare moment where Sierra Canyon is uh, seems like a mere mortal. Um, and I think that's kind of fun to be a part of too. So it's really interesting. I wouldn't say Sierra Canyon is hated, but they are certainly rooted against everywhere they go. Is what's going on there good for high school basketball, do you think? I mean, people get to see these super teams. They get to see LeBron James. They get to see Dwayne Wade and, and Scottie Pippen and all this. But is what's going on there with a super team, so to say, good for high school basketball? Man, that's a great question. And I, I'd have to think about that a little more. Is it good for high school basketball? Ah, I, I don't know. I will say that high school basketball has tried – um, and this is somewhat of a coup to the Southern section. I know people might think, oh, well, that's no, you know, a lot of people hate the Southern section. Um, but I, I think to myself, well, they're trying. And the open division, you know, it, it's like Sierra Canyon is competing. Modern Day is doing it too. They got some new dudes. Etiwanda has a guy from Corona Centennial. Um, you know, everyone's getting transferred. It's not just Sierra Canyon. And Sierra Canyon, the reason why they are pegged so much as the team that's doing it to the nth degree is because they, they, the, the talent they bring is so high level, not to mention the celebrity status of the talent with the former, you know, with the NBA bloodlines and so on. So it makes them seem like they're way out there. Um, and on top of that, they win. So it's like, okay, guys, at what point do we just say, hey, you know, that's a really good basketball team and they're well coached. Um, other teams are doing it too and they lose. And so it's like, well, Sierra Canyon must be doing it much crazier because they don't win or excuse me, they don't lose. Um, so I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think, you know, when you, when you ask, and I'm not saying you're going after them because you're not, but it's a fair, super fair question. Cause you're saying, Hey, is what's going on over there bad for basketball? And it's like, well, it's going on other places too. And you know that, you know, in football too, I mean, Bosco modern day, you know, um, even the Sierra Canyon football team, you know, they get their little, their little crop of transfers. So it, it, it happens. And um, I think it's just the nature of the beast, just like anything else. And it's just the time that we're dealing with right now in high school sports. And let's take a break here and uh, let's listen to a couple of commercials that might pique your interest. Support for VSIN comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. It's 2020, and you know what that means? New year, new me, new balls. Men, listen up. Harry bushes are so 2019. And if you're going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your, your junk. Yep, that's right. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. Their redesigned electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 2.0, has proprietary skin-safe technology. So this trimmer, I, I can't believe I'm reading this, won't nick or snag your boys. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do on your boys. That's just dirty. Manscaped also has what is called the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. If you already put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your boys will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BLEAV. Christmas has come and gone, and the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've just seen what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Tom Brady and the Patriots get themselves another Brit ring? I bet you have a feeling. Well, head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, they've got fast payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. A couple of interesting ads there. Back here with Tarek Fatal of the Daily News talking high school hoops. So, Tarek, when you look at that whole thing and we talk about football, basketball, and, uh, you know, the, the transfers, I guess, and Jason Negro said this to me during football season. He says, hey, we get them, we lose them. And and I think that's kind of the attitude that everybody has that, you know, hey, Sierra Canyon gets them. They may lose them because kids are not happy. Is is that something that you see when, when you travel around and you see, oh, you know, these guys, this guy transferred from here and this one went here and this and all that is what can be done about that? Or is that just the nature of the beast now in high school sports? Yeah, th- there's an aspect of it that is the nature of the beast. And actually, if you if you look at some programs, it, that is funny that, that Jason says that because he's right. He, I bet you he's thinking, okay, we got in six transfers this year, whatever, maybe more, 10. But go look at how many kids left our program and are starting other places. I know programs in the area that have gotten two or three basketball players and literally like there's six of their kids that have left and started another program. So it goes both ways, somewhat of a double-edged sword, but We've got this kind of microwave society right now, not just in sports, but just in life where we want it now. And um, the parents sometimes don't help that where they get a kid into a program and it's like, my kid needs to start. My kid needs to be the best player. And if they don't foresee that or feel that that's going to happen, they they jump ship. That kind of grind it out. I need to earn it. It is somewhat of a lost Art. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. And so sometimes, even even Eric Sondheimer from the LA Times, you know, and I'll do it. I've written stories about a kid at Crespi um, who, who did the same thing, you know, kind of waited all three years and then finally got his his time as a as a senior. 
And so sometimes those are kids to kids worth um, honoring because it's like, hey, man, you're doing something that a lot of kids won't do, and that's wait their turn and earn their spot. So, yes, it's odd, but, uh, again, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, division one teams, open division teams. I Centennial played modern day early in the year. And usually that's a, it's a big football game, but Centennial beat them. How big is that? You've got two teams that are ranked very high in the state nationally. Does, does that play a factor in anything moving forward? Yeah, it will, you know, down the line, you may look at the, that those wins and losses and it may move you a spot up or two down or what have you. But I also just think it, it shows the parody. Um, because yes, other than Sierra Canyon, Etta Wanda, even a team like Windward, um, Corona Centennial, Modern Day, Bishop Montgomery. I mean, these are really, really, really good teams. I'm sure I'm missing a couple others that uh, Rancho Christian, uh, you know, these are teams that really can battle and, and, and any given night can win or lose. Yes. Sierra Canyon's 13 to know and has played a couple of those top teams. However, uh, down in the postseason. Later on in the year, you never know who, what, how healthy your roster will be, or how well your team's playing. You know, Sierra Canyon could be peaking right now, you know, or they could be getting better. We just don't know. Zaire Williams could come back, and it could ruin things. Who knows? I doubt it, but you know what I mean. So those things matter in the postseason. But when it comes to the seedings and stuff, they'll look at that. They'll they'll take that into consideration. Yeah, and when you bring in a kid like Zaire Williams, and I don't know the young man, obviously, but. Sometimes you play 13, 14, 15 games, and then you get a guy that comes in no matter what school, and maybe that disrupts the chemistry a little bit. Maybe it disrupts the style of play or the flow. How do we now fit him in? Uh, Interesting to see how that's going to be because you mentioned so many guys are getting transfers eligible this week. Yeah, that's, you know, yet the, a lot, and I know you, again, I know you know this, but these teams are practicing together. So there is a chemistry being built, I think. What happens down the stretch of a game with a new player can be a little bit dicey, but in regards to where they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to fit in, um, I, I don't really see it being that big of an issue, especially because kids like BJ Boston, Zaire Williams, uh, Taryn Frank, Amari Bailey, you know, and or any other transfers that are of that level coming in and now playing, they're used to playing with other really good players. So it's something that I think is not as big of a deal as you might think like, Oh man, you know, they're, they're not gonna, it's going to be weird. He doesn't know how he's going to fit in. I just think as long as they understand their role, um, they'll be just fine. And a guy like Zaire Williams, you know, a little bit more personally for him, he is such a mature young man that I just could totally see him coming in tonight championship game at Damien. BJ Boston had 31 against Atawanda. He'll, he'll be the player of the tournament if Sierra Canyon wins. Um, Zaire Williams, I can see him being mature and kind of still deferring to BJ just a little bit tonight. You know, first game, you don't need to be a world beater, hit your shots, play good defense, get out in the break. He'll get his. But I think when push comes to shove, just because BJ's played in every game so far, obviously, that's another aspect of high level talent and maturity. Zaire Williams, I think, will go, hey, you know, BJ, it's been your show. Um, Tonight, we got a lot, you know, a championship game on the line. We don't want to lose our first game. I'm just going to, you know, stay in my lane tonight. I, I, and that's not even a knock. That's a, that's a praise for Zaire Williams because he's more than capable of coming in and dropping 35 tonight, no problem. I think anybody on that team is. 
Uh, you do a best at each position uh, throughout, you know, preseason, during the season. Uh, best point guards or best guards that you you have on your list that we should watch out for as the league season approaches? Uh, locally, uh, you know, Sky Clark over at Heritage Christian. Of course, Amari Bailey at um, Sierra Canyon. Uh, Noah Valuze in Valencia is very good. Uh, Adrian McIntyre in, at Saugus is very good. Again, Sierra, uh, excuse me, uh, Santa Clarita Christians, Ty Harper, Josh Agaro, outstanding. Um, Harvard Westlake has really good guards. Spencer Hubbard's a great crafty little point guard. Um, th- there are plenty. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Ramel Lloyd over at Taft is kind of more of a wing. Um, really good player. Birmingham has, uh, David Elliott, who's a great shooter, he scored like 14 points in one quarter against Sierra Canyon. Absolute great shooter. He's only a junior. So these are some of the top, top players that I feel are definitely worth watching. And one more I just realized who literally might be the best scorer in Southern California is Clark Slacker at Oak Park. He averages 30 points a game, and they're not playing slouches. They're in the, I believe they're in the Rancho Mirage Championship tonight. Um, uh, I think it's like the second, maybe third division, but really, really good team. They play great schedule. Aaron Shaw does a great job out there. The head coach, Clark Slackert, holy guacamole. I I believe he's going to Penn. Unbelievably crafty, a great shot maker. Um, He can play point guard. He can move over and be the primary shooter. I mean, he can just do so many great things. He's very tough to guard. Clark Slackert, Oak Park, probably the best scorer in our area. Uh, for big guys, for well, middle of the road guys, forwards as far as size goes, uh, you know, both small and power forwards. Yeah, Taryn Frank, TCU. He's at Sierra Canyon. Um, another one would be let's think, Caleb Lowry at Santa Clarita Christian. Even uh, Cameron uh, Nail, I believe, is his name. He's at Saugus. He's a good player. Harold Yu, Sierra Canyon. He's seven three. Um, let me think. Forwards are a little bit. Um, not as, you know, in high school, you got a lot of smaller guys. So it's a lot of guards forwards, true big men, of course. Okay. The best one in the area, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, Mason hook over at C- uh, at, uh, Harvard Westlake. He is going to Princeton and he's, you know, he can help college teams right now. He's 6'10, 240, maybe 250. He's a great player and has a good soft touch. They've got another forward named Truman Gettings. He's only a junior. He's about six, eight. So um, those are some of the key forwards I would say are uh, best in the area. And your big guys, the the guys that you know, take up the paint. Yeah, I can't. There's not many true centers, um, but you know, the, Harold U comes to mind. Actually, Sierra Canyon. I, I keep bringing up Sierra Canyon. I'm sorry, but they just all their best players, all the area's best players are there. Um, Shy Odom. He's only a sophomore. He came from Massachusetts. He's about six seven two twenty probably. Um, and he's a true forward, a true power forward. Um, Isaiah Brewington, I think is his name. Uh, I may have butchered his first name. He's over at Campbell Hall. He's only a freshman. He's about six, six, um, hefty fella. He, he's a great forward down, you know, low post presence. Um, there's a couple other ones. Um, El Camino Real has Benjamin Todd. He's six, 10. So there, there are some really true big men in the area. Not that many, though. A little bit, little bit of a um, kind of a, I wouldn't say a lost art, but uh, last of a dying breed. Yeah, you really don't see a lot of the big guys play with their back to the basket anymore. It's, 
you know, a lot of these guys are out there shooting. A lot of them can handle the ball. And it's almost like you've got a couple of guards and, you know, a bunch of forwards out there. Right. Everyone wants to shoot it. Everyone wants to dribble. And I think the game, a lot of coaches and teams want to play fast. So I think what you get is you get a lot of kids that are tall and big, but they have to, they grow up learning, okay, rebound, find the outlet and run rim to rim. There's not really a lot of, okay, get the rebound, chin it, find the outlet. Okay. And let's walk it up and let's run something. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of that anymore. Although I'm in, in times that's good and you will see it. That's a lot of coaches and teams want to get as many shots up as possible. And I think the gone are the days of the point guard brings the ball up, holds up two fingers, and you're you at play. Yeah, no, that's it, again. It, there are some teams that like to grind it out, um, but it is more rare. Yes, it's get it, let's go, 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 go. And the big man will get rewarded if he's running hard, or he'll just clean up whatever is missed off the off the uh, off the rim. Harvard Westlake is actually one of those teams this year that kind of slows it down a little bit because Mason Hooks is so big and so good. It's like we can't we we got to run some sets for him, get a cross screen for him, dump it in there because he's also a pretty good passer. So he can pass out of something pretty well and so that's how they can get going offensively. But again, that doesn't mean that they, that Harvard Westlake doesn't like to push the ball. He he can run pretty well. Well, and I think when you look at the game and if you have a team that can slow it down a little bit and play that half-court set, it may frustrate a team that likes to get out and run and, you know, slow them down a little bit, limit their possessions, kind of like a team that likes to run the ball a lot in football and eat up the clock. Right. So the, ult- the, you know, the ultimate killer for someone that wants to get out in transition is making, obviously putting the ball through the hoop. So that's another thing that some teams are really, really good at. So like Ed Wanda, for example, is the best, the best known for having the best man-to-man defense in maybe all of the state. And offensively, they're not that good. Uh, they're, they're, they're okay, but that's what makes them so good is they get so many stops. They're in transition all the time, and they have great athletes. So it makes the scoring a little easier. If you're not getting stops and you're taking the ball – out of the hoop and inbounding it and the defense gets to run back and set up. Now you're forced to have a little bit more of a half court game, half court set type of game. And that can, like you said, it can frustrate teams. So if you've got really good defense that allows you to play fast. And yeah, you get out into that transition. And do you think that teams, I mean, you mentioned that Awanda and, and I've seen it that there's kids that they just, it seems like they're not really practicing a lot of, you know, the fundamentals, a lot of just spot up shooting, coming off screens and shooting. A lot of it is give me the ball and we see it in the NBA a lot. Let me go one on however many. Let me try and drive. Let me kick it out or let me get a foul. Is is the game changing that way for the better or not for the better, do you think? Well, yeah, it, I, I watch it sometimes and I, I, I understand and I get a little frustrated. I think so many of these players have individual trainers now. So what you get with individual training is individual skill set development. So you get these kids and you may be working out with a with like let's say it's a group of 3, but you're you're running through your reps by yourself. Maybe you're getting guarded, but it's all like you're not practicing uh jump stop and then hit the opposite window for a 3. You know, those skill set trainings aren't 
you're not working on your passing really. You're working on um, a great move, maybe a counter, and then a finish. Uh, you know, things like that. And you're really working on your Euro step or you're working on your offhand. You know, it's really individualized stuff. So then that translates to the game because I think what happens is coaches, team coaches, then get frustrated because you're like, guys, we got to move the ball. We got to get it going side to side. And I think sometimes you have a hard time on telling a young person, uh, hey, you're going to get the ball back. Let everyone touch it. You'll get the ball back. Trust you'll get the ball back. Some kids are so enamored with their own skill and their own ability to score, they don't want to pass it. They literally don't want to give it up because they feel that they won't get it back. And that's tough as a coach. So yeah. And, and I think to a certain extent, and the flip side of it is nowadays, there is so much skill and the ability to beat a player off one, you know, on one-on-one dribble or go by a guy that if you have a player that can basically not be guarded that's not a bad way to run your offense, you know, find opportunities and windows and spaces where the player can get the ball and go buy somebody to create for someone else. Because once you go buy someone, now the defense is vulnerable and so on and so forth. So sometimes it's not so much Tony, like what you're thinking, okay, let's come down and, and, you know, run a set and run it through and get a good shot. Sometimes coaches are, it's more vanilla, like, Hey, we're just gonna, we're going to, set we're going to run this set but it's not like the set develops a wide open shot the set could simply be setting up uh the best player or second best player and put him in a position on the floor where he's most comfortable to then create a play and kind of um improvise so i hope that makes sense and a lot of that is in in the nba where it's not necessarily okay we're going to run this play and then you're going to get it and lay it up you'll be wide open after the screen it's more so okay, we're going to get some movement. And then when you get the ball, you'll be right where you want to be and go make a play. You know, there's a lot of great players you mentioned there, Tark. Now let's talk top teams that you have in the Daily News. Uh, obviously, we've talked Sierra Canyon. We've talked Harvard-Westlake. We've talked a little bit of Heritage Christian and Sky Clark. We've talked Santa Clarita Christian, Birmingham Tech. You've got Chaminade in there. And, and Chaminade, Mission League, um, what should we look for from Chaminade? Yeah, Chaminade's got great guard play. Keith Higgins, KJ Simpson, really, really good players. And they have a big fella who I actually failed to mention earlier, Abe Eagle, um, who's another 6'10 Mission League guy who is going to, that's going to be a great matchup with uh, Mason Hooks when they play Harvard West. Like the thing with Chaminade last year, I think they went, <laughs> I think they started like 18 and 0. I mean, they had, they played so many games. Um, before the, the Mission League started. And then they had like this mediocre Mission League campaign. So I am pretty candid. And Brian Cantwell's a great guy, good coach. And, he, you know, I'm honest about it with him. They don't seem to challenge themselves like I wish they would. They have played a couple really good teams, but those then they end up in losses. So they played Santa Clarita Christian and lost in double overtime. Or no, excuse me. No, no I'll take that back. They lost to Santa Clarita Christian. That the double overtime was against Heritage Christian. Uh, excuse me, uh, Santa Clarita beat Heritage Christian double overtime. Chaminade has lost to uh, Santa Clarita Christian in the Damian Classic um, semifinal in the Gold Division. So that's a key loss. They played St. Vincent St. Mary of Ohio, that took Sierra Canyon to the brink and um, lost by like eight. So that was good. I thought that was good. So they have these really opportunities to 
to take down like top, top level teams and they just come up short, but they are extremely competitive and they give themselves a chance to win in the end. So it's not like they get blown out with these big opportunities. Um, they're playing these teams really tough. So I'm a little skeptical to say, hey, and they're really, really good because when it comes to playing really high level teams, they don't pull off the win yet. Now, KJ Simpson, uh, KJ Simpson and Keith Higgins are only juniors. Abe Eagle is a senior, but they do have a couple other players and they get a transfer named Colin Weems, who's a shooter from Crespi. And he's going to make them a lot better because he's such a knockdown shooter. Guys like Higgins and KJ Simpson that like to drive to the basket, you can't help off Weems or else he'll make you pay from three. So that's going to make Chaminade a lot better. And that could be a team that maybe challenges Harvard Westlake uh, down the line for the uh, Mission League uh, championship. And actually one of the sleepers in the Mission League is Alamany with Brandon Whitney. He had, you know, he's, he's scoring 30 points a game, you know, here and there. I don't know if he's averaging that. He's probably averaging more like 25 or 24, but he's had games where he drops like 38, 35, 36. And so they're really good too. So there's a, there, the mission league is a little bit wide open right now because Johnny Juzang left for Kentucky and Zaire Williams left to Sierra Canyon. So there's not these like super power players in the league. In fact, the best player in the league is either KJ Simpson of Chaminade or Andre Henry of St. Francis. So it's kind of an anything goes league right now. Well, and then you look at that league right now, they each team in there is averaging, their record is average 13 and three, and they only play each other once. Usually you get a home and home, but in the Mission League, they only play each other only one time. So each game is ridiculously important if you want to win a league championship. Right, so they play each other one time, and then they have uh, like a conference championship at the end of the year, which is actually really cool. So they'll play each other once. That'll actually determine the seeding of the Mission League Championship tournament, and then whoever wins the tournament wins the championship. Certainly, like you know, the Pac-12 or the SEC or whatever. So um, you have to finish, I believe, in the top six or top five. There's a way you have to qualify for it, kind of thing, um, and that's how you can. You have to qualify to uh, be in the running for the championship, kind of like a winner's bracket, loser's bracket in the Mission League. So if you finish, I believe, in the top four or five or something like that, I can't, I don't have it right in front of me, you're, you're in the hunt for the, for the Mission League championship and then you play your way for it. I like that. I think it's kind of interesting. It just adds another new wrinkle into it. And, and there are a lot of good teams here. You talk about Alamein, you talk about Crespi with freshman Mike Price and you know, Chaminade, obviously, in Notre Dame. And that's that's a tough league. Um, you've also got in there, we talked about Oak Park, uh, Saugus. You know, an intriguing league, the Foothill League. Uh, Valencia's got a lot of shooters. You mentioned um, Veluzat. They've also got uh, Jake, I, I want to say his name correct, Hiliac. Yep. And then you, you look at Saugus with Adrian McIntyre. And, you know, uh, Hart always with Tom Kelly does a, does a great job. But Foothill League, kind of a three-team race? Yeah, it's more like a two-and-a-half-team race, and I don't want to, you know, Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly, like, might be one of the funniest coaches. I, I, that guy just cracks me up every time I talk to him. He's so funny. Um, but, yeah, Tom, uh, Tom Kelly, Hart's got a young team. They got the Penberley brothers. I mean, one's a senior, but Jaden could end up being, like, the league MVP his junior or senior year. He's already, like, 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, he shoots the absolute lights out. He's pretty athletic. Um, he needs to get his handle a little better, but 
he could be a really high major prospect because he's already tall and a, and a knockdown shooter, an absolute dead eye shooter. And he's six, seven. It's like, we, we can find a spot for that kid. So if he can guard and handle a little better, which he has two years to develop that, he can be really, really good. So Hart's up and coming. Right now, it's a two-dog race between Valencia and, and Saugus. And I think Saugus has the upper hand. Adrian McIntyre, Nate Perez, Cameron Nail, little Kyle Santiago. Um, Steven Tompas is another like kind of wing, really good defender type. So really good team. Valencia, yeah, Noah Valuze, probably the best point guard in that uh, league. And then they have Jake Hilliak, who is a high-level Division I shooting skill. Like, he, he, he can shoot. He, he like, his, his shooting ability is of that, of high Division I caliber. But it's his other things that make him more of a low-major prospect. And that's not a knock on him. That's just the truth. And, um, so he is a guy that could make seven, eight threes in a game. No problem. Uh, and then they get, uh, junior Camacho who led, uh, Maranatha high school in scoring last year. He'll be eligible today. So there's three really good players for Saugus, three really good players for Valencia. And so I think that'll be the, the two teams that will fight for the Foothill League championship. I believe they play for the first time on the seventh. So we'll be excited for that one. Yeah, I don't. I know that um, Hart and Golden Valley play. I don't. I don't know the rest of the schedule. Uh, coaching changes. Last thing for me is you know Crespi loses Russell White. It's been there forever. Uh, did a great job. Multiple championships. It seems like the tr- transition with Andrew Moore has been smooth. You've got them in their in your top ten. What's going on over in Encino? Yeah, Crespi. It's so funny. Last year, even. After they lost, so they lost Brandon Williams to Arizona and Taj Regans, who was a great point guard. So last year they had Russell White. They had Colin Weems, who's now at Chaminade. They had Kyle Owens, Robert Power. They just had this team that was like, okay, but Russell White, man, boy, can he coach him. And that was one of the surprises of the year. We all thought Crespi was going to be mediocre at best, and they ended up being uh, a really good Division One team. I mean, they made the playoffs. They they made a good run in the, the Mission League uh tournament and so on and so forth and they beat some really good teams so this year Andrew Moore comes in Russell West uh, Russell Westbrook Russell White heads over to Cal Lutheran and Andrew Moore has done a great job he's got a great assistant coach in Toby Spino who is a very verbal and intense guy who actually does a lot of the chirping during the game Andrew Moore is a little bit more reserved in regards to his verbal instruction during the game from what I've noticed but when they go, when those guys get in the huddle, I think you know he, he's obviously very demanding and 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 wants kind of like perfection, very much like Russell White. So there's a lot of things that are the same, but in, in a in a very there's also a lot of different things. White was, I mean, I mic'd up Russell White for a game uh, one time, and I mean the guy just doesn't stop talking. I I think that's a good thing, uh, but he's constantly chirping, constantly instructing, constantly pulling t- players to the side. Um, tugging on their jersey. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to be here. Andrew Moore um, is, I'm sure, just as detailed, but not as demonstrative out there. I think he's a gives a little more freedom to his players. A guy like Mike Price, who's a freshman and leading their team in scoring. I mean, he's their best player. We're talking about a mission league program, and their best player is a freshman. Uh, Mike Price is the best freshman in the area. So, you know, it is a different dynamic, but. 
you can't argue with the results. They're actually playing in a championship tonight. They're, they're playing, um, I can't think of who they're playing. I think a team from Nevada or some out-of-state team, but they're playing at Canyon High in the Orange Holiday Classic uh, tonight at, at Canyon High in, in Anaheim. So, hey, can't argue with the results. No, not at all. Um, I think it's going to be a fun league season as we move forward and then get into the playoffs, which is about five, six weeks away. I know you will be out there covering as much as possible. Uh, I hope we run into each other down the road. If you're up in the Santa Clarita Valley, give me a give me a shout. Tony, I appreciate it, man. I always love talking with you. I'll come on any time. Thank you so much for asking me to uh, in, uh, join your podcast. Well, we'll do something in the spring. Maybe we'll talk baseball, lacrosse, track. We'll find something to talk about. Yeah, maybe a little golf. You never know. We can we can do some golf. Yes, absolutely. Golf is always good. Hey, man, have a happy new year and um, stay safe out there and we will be in touch. Tony, thank you. Take care. All right. Hey, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe. If you're interested in advertising, please contact me via Twitter at Tony Moskal or via email at TonyMoskal at gmail.com. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.